Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on Magic. Today is September 13th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And again, I want to welcome everyone back to Locked on Magic. Uh, We're back here with our first really full episode since Hurricane Irma this weekend. But I do want to take another moment here at the top of the show and just... Let everyone know that Orlando is getting back up on its feet slowly but surely, um, as as is the rest of the state of Florida. After the storm this weekend, uh, I uh, was uh, I actually I did drive around town a little bit today, and and it's definitely different. I mean, it's not like there's a whole lot of water damage in the areas that I travel to. Um, although I'm although I saw photos from Gainesville of some serious flooding in some areas that I used to go to when I was up at up at UF. Uh, and, and I know of a lot of people in town who are still without power. Um, hopefully that returns very soon because, you know, they just want to get back up and running to, at normal. But, uh, you know, I was at a major intersection. I got off of I-4 at Lee Road and, and there were police officers directing traffic because the lights are out. Uh, and uh, even driving around downtown a little bit, there are a lot of trees that were uprooted uh, and, and, and a few lights that were out down there. So, you know, I, I was certainly extremely lucky uh, throughout the storm, uh, that that my life wasn't interrupted, but I, I I fully recognize here in this space that a lot of people are still recovering and cleaning up uh, from Hurricane Irma this weekend, and and I want to be respectful of that. But if I can provide a thirty minute distraction or provide some type of uh, 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 rhythm or something to listen to while you're cleaning up your yard or, or cleaning cleaning up your house uh, or just just you know, something to think about, not the storm. Uh, I apologize for this intro then, uh, but that's what I'm here to do. That's what sports are here to do uh, in some respect is to be a little bit of a distraction, a little bit of an escape. And so that's what I intend to do today as we get back into a full episode of Locked on Magic. Before we dive into today's episode, it is player outlook uh, time. I'm beginning our player outlook series today. I'm going to talk a little bit about Jonathan Simmons as well as about the job Jeff Weltman did over the summer to, to get the Magic ready for for training camp and, and what he did to try and improve the team. I also wanted to announce here and, and let everyone know that Thursday, that would be tomorrow at 2 p.m., uh, I will be doing a Facebook Live uh, up on the Locked On Podcasts uh, um, Facebook page. So be sure to check that out at facebook.com slash LockedOnPods. That'll be at 2 p.m., on Thursday, I'll talk about some more global issues there, but um, I'll I'll reserve uh, I'll, I'll this will post up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, of course, but I'll reserve some extra comments on the ESPN rank, uh, ESPN's NBA rank, and the Sports Illustrated Top 100 lists, and how they relate to the Orlando Magic for then. But today, let's get in. Let's sink our teeth into 
Uh, some player outlooks. It, we are officially two weeks away from the beginning of training camp on September 25th. We'll have Orlando Magic Media Day. Uh, I will be at Media Day, and so I'll have complete coverage, and, and we'll do a full podcast on that uh, on Media Day as well. So you'll have that to look forward to. Uh, but in a couple weeks, the Orlando Magic will be back in action. So it's time to start actually looking at what we can expect from the players on the team and, and what we should be looking forward to uh, as we get into training camp. And, you know, one player that I think a lot of Magic fans are excited about that that I've been very careful to, to kind of pump the brakes on a little bit uh, is Jonathan Simmons, uh, the, the prize free agent of the Magic's offseason. And, and this was not an offseason where the Magic could spend a lot of money or it wasn't an offseason where the Magic were expected to make a lot of major changes unless they could make a trade or, or take even a significant step back, you know, maybe taking on a bad contract or some young assets just to kind of reset the table a little bit. So, yes, whenever you sign a big, whenever you sign a free agent, it, there's a lot of hope and expectation put on on him. You don't sign free agents not to play them, and so Jonathan Simmons is going to play a big role. I think what shocked everyone was that Simmons didn't get the contract that many expected. I mean, I was on uh, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, and, and Josh Lloyd asked me, what was my reaction to the Magic signing Jonathan Simmons? And I and I, you know, I said this very honestly, and I, I think I told a lot of people on Twitter this as well, that I expected Simmons to get a big contract. And so when Magic fans approached me and said the Magic should target Jonathan Simmons, I said I would love to target him. I think he would be a great addition to the team. I don't think the Magic will have the money to go to get him especially considering the Spurs had his restricted free agency rights. As the summer played out, it turned out that a lot of teams felt the same way. They were scared off by restricted free agency. All the money got spent. San Antonio released him into the wild, so to speak, uh, by by uh, rescinding his qualifying offer. And then the Magic struck and signed him to what seems like a killer three-year $18 million deal. Everything went according to plan, and I'll talk a little bit more about about that in a moment. But what did the Magic actually get in Jonathan Simmons? What can we expect from Jonathan Simmons? You listen to the optimists, you listen to the fan to a lot of the fans, and then I'm not blaming the fans. I'm not trying to harp on the fans too much, but I, I do want to pump the brakes on this notion a little bit. A lot of people, a lot of people I've talked to, think that Simmons is going to challenge immediately for a starting role. And that might very well be the case. I mean, he has shown in some pretty big spots that he can put up a lot of points. And and, and I think what's interesting about Simmons is that he is very streaky. Like He will score points in bunches, whether it's in transition, whether it's his three-point shot getting going. He can take on a big role. But I pump the brakes because he's never done it before. Simmons has played two years, largely off the bench. Last year, he averaged 17.8 minutes per game, and he still averaged only 6.2 points per game. Specifically, when you look at his shooting, he shot 29.4% from beyond the arc, and this is a Magic team that desperately needs shooting. So if you're going to take Terrence Ross or Evan Forney out of the lineup, you're taking out a quality shooter from that starting lineup. So, I, for one, am not convinced that Simmons is going to get the starting job. And and in fact, I would even say that 
be, the, the success the Magic had last year, that's that's plenty of evidence for me to say, let's give that lineup a chance, and really what the Magic needed to do was add to the bench, which I think they did. And so to me, Simmons is going to take on that ever-important sixth-man role. He can be that leading scorer, that high-usage guy off the bench. And and that would be kind of the next logical step for his career. Last last the first two years of his career, you know, guy grinding to make it out of the D League. First two years of his career, he was kind of a, a role player off the bench, provided some nice depth, occasionally had a big scoring game. Six points per game. This is a guy who averaged six points per game. Now he comes to a new situation. He comes to Orlando. They're asking him to do a little bit more. And that little bit more is to be the leading scorer off the bench. I would anticipate that Simmons' scoring average is going to jump. If he can get to that 10, 12 point per game range, that would be a real big boost to this Magic team. That would fill that role. I don't think the Magic have had a guy come off the bench scoring 10 or 12 points per game during this rebuild. And then occasionally, of course, he has those big explosive games like he had in San Antonio. And if Ross or Fournier gets hurt, he's capable of stepping into the starting lineup like he did during the playoffs. The reason why I kind of set my expectations a little bit lower on Simmons than a lot of other people is really that is really twofold. One, we haven't seen him do it. And, and the Spurs had the right to match, and they let him go. And, and, and you know, I, I think... We saw what he can be in the playoffs. In the playoffs, 20.4 minutes per game, 10.5 points per game, shot 35.1% from beyond the arc. So he is certainly capable of taking that step up, and we saw that in big moments during the playoffs. But we haven't seen him do it enough. It's 15-game stretch. You know, he played really well as a starter against the Warriors in the playoffs, but it's not a big sample size. It's not enough to really make me believe. And, and and it always seems like there's a prime playoff performer who gets a little bit overpaid. I mean, Bismack Biombo is a great example of that. No, you know, no offense to Bismack. But it always seems like there's always that one guy that ends up that way. And so, I again want to pump the brakes a little bit. Let's not let the hype train get too great here. It's not to say that the Magic shouldn't expect a lot from Simmons, because Simmons very much fits the, the style and the ethos the Magic want to have. They want guys who are versatile, who are committed to playing defense, that are athletic, that, are, that have some length, um, that can, you know, eventually can make a shot. And I think Simmons is probably a better shooter than, than his statistics would suggest. I think he can settle in at that 33-34% range. He's got to prove it, of course. And so, with with Simmons, I really think what's important is that he take that next logical step up. Let's, let's not skip any steps here. Let's not take him from barely playing or a solid role player to starter, to potential star. He's not that. Especially at twenty nine, especially at twenty seven, he's an old third year player. It's actually going to be his birthday on Thursday, so early happy birthday, Jonathan Simmons. 
So I, I think when we look at Simmons and what we can expect from him this year, I think, number one, he needs to be a lockdown defender. If the Magic need a stop late in a game, they can throw him in there. Even if he's not starting, remember, if he's if he's finishing games on defense, that's fine. I, I would expect him to be that. And as, even coming from the Spurs system, I think he stands out as a defender. I don't think the Spurs hit any flaws. I think he was a very good defender in San Antonio. On top of that, I would like to see Simmons become that sixth man. Become a guy that Magic can rely on to anchor second units. I think that would be a huge step for him. And I think that would be exactly what the Magic are hoping to get from him. I'm not ready to anoint him a starter. I'm not ready to say he's going to push for starters minutes. But yeah, maybe toward the middle or end of the season or as things progress, he's challenging for a starting role and making the Magic at least think a little bit about what to do with their two wings. That would be a good thing. That's a good problem to have. That's good depth when you're thinking about those 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 issues. Again, as, as the season plays out, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe Terrence Ross goes through a cold stretch and the Magic insert Jonathan Simmons into the lineup. I think Simmons will get his fair share of starts this year if he plays up to expectations. But what I really like about this signing, and I still like this about the Simmons signing, it's a three-year, $18 million deal, the first two years guaranteed. If Simmons doesn't become that sixth man, He's still a quality role player. I think his floor is much higher than a lot of players that the Magic have brought in in the past. He's a guy that the Magic should be able to rely on to at least be what he was in San Antonio. That may not be what the Magic need eventually to to make the playoffs or achieve their goals, but that's what the Magic need. But that that's still a valuable thing that the Magic need, and so. To me, the Simmons signing was a home run. It was a slam dunk. was whatever sports analogy you want to use for something good. I think the Magic did a very good job signing Jonathan Simmons. And I think he's very much a potential culture setter. He's a guy who, even after signing a big contract, was concerned about feeding his family. Which, again, which I think I've said on this show, that sounds really callous. It sounds really out of touch with things to say that. But in reality, it's it's more of a, it's a mentality that I've got to stay hungry. I can't rest on these laurels. And as long as Simmons doesn't rest on those laurels, as long as he does bring the same fire that he brought in San Antonio, the same intensity that he brought in San Antonio, the Magic would be very happy signing him, I think. That's my opinion. And so, you know, his role may be a little smaller than people expect especially for the big free agent in the summer. But I think Simmons can can certainly fill that role and many others for this team coming off the bench and being that solid sixth man that Orlando has missed for so long. Before we go any further, um, I do want to say another quick word from our pals over at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. 
There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As things start to ramp back up in Orlando, I know we're all focused on, on hurricane recovery, and, and, that, and we absolutely should be, uh, but there, you know, things are going to start picking back up at the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center. Orlando City is finishing its season trying to cling to its playoff hopes after a 2-1 victory on Saturday, much-needed 2-1 victory on Saturday. Uh, and, you know, the Magic are right around the corner. It'll Before you know it, there will be preseason games, and you can fa- already find tickets to the Magic preseason games, as well as Magic regular season games on SeatGeek. Make sure you're in town. Make sure you're in the building for the best Magic games this season with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA, that's L-O-N-B-A, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase good good way to to take to take a load off and 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 you know you're you're going to a concert you're going to an event in orlando they'll have air conditioning which is good air conditioning is very very good as we look at these these player outlooks um you know we'll begin getting into a little bit of kind of season preview and, and 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 we'll do a little more season preview as we get closer to training camp starting and, and get into training camp a little bit. Um, you know, what I think is going to happen this season. And we'll probably save that maybe a little bit more toward the beginning of the regular season in, in October. Uh, but it, as we get closer and closer to this, we can really get, a, you know, we, we've talked about it at least tangentially, but we'll, we'll get a better sense of what direction the Orlando Magic want to go. As I've said on this show many times and in plenty of other places, this season to me is really a no-lose season for the Magic as, as an organization, or as a rebuilding organization, let's say. Obviously, the Magic would prefer to win games. I think that for the organization, for the organization's main goal this year is to restore confidence in them. You know, there's from talking with fans... There's definitely a lot of frustration uh, over the last five years and, and the fact that the team really hasn't taken that big step forward. And so, I, you know, I would imagine as far as ticket sales go, they would like to see some wins. And I think that does inform a lot of the decisions that are going to be made. But from Jeff Weltman's perspective as, as the president of basketball operations of this team, for him, if, if, if it's all, if the business stuff is in a vacuum... To him, there is no way to lose this season. You win, you make the playoffs, you compete for the playoffs, you restore that hope that fans want that you're going in the right direction. And your assets gain a little bit more value. I mean, I'll, I'll talk more on, thir- on Thursday during the Facebook Live about ESPN's NBA rank and the Sports Illustrated Top 100, but 
there aren't very many Magic players ranked highly in those rankings. In fact, I think Aaron Gordon came in at in the 60s on NBA rank. And on Sports Illustrated's top 100, the Magic do not have a player in the top 75. That should tell you a lot of what you need to know. But I'll tell you more about that on Thursday. So, you win those assets, those players get more value. People view them as better players because they're on a better team. That's a, that's a fact. You know, players on good teams get valued more because they're they're seen more. They're 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 you know, they they their production is tied more to winning. But you know, you start moving in the right direction. You start saying, okay, this works. Something here is working clearly because we're getting better, we're improving, we're achieving our goals. You lose, you struggle again. Well, then you know what doesn't work, who you need to get rid of, what doesn't fit your ultimate vision, and you get to go back into the lottery and possibly get another high pick in a, in a, dra- in a draft in 2018 that's looking like a very good draft again. I don't know if you saw what Luka Doncic did in, in Eurobasket today. Or yesterday. So, for for Jeff Weltman, it really was a no-lose situation. But he had to play this summer right to get there. He had to know that this team was a little bit capped out. And so he had to be frugal with his money. And he couldn't tie up the team into any long-term deals that would get him stuck again. You can't dig your way out of this mess by spending more money. Because if you go after that guy with a four-year contract and he doesn't pan out, then you're stuck with DJ Augustin with three years at $7.25 million. You're stuck with Bismack Biombo with three years at $17 million per, plus the four-year guy that you just signed that isn't going anywhere. Those are tough contracts to move. So Weltman had to be very patient this summer, as, as I said many times. And I think the way he approached it, he hit it out of the park. I think the Magic had a very good summer. Aaron Aflalo and Maurice Spates on veteran minimum deals, to me, are both seals. They're both still quality players in this league who can contribute off the bench. You shouldn't be relying on them to be starters. If the Magic have to rely on them as starters, that means something has gone wrong this season. Getting Jonathan Simmons, like I said, at a three-year, $18 million contract showed tremendous patience and poise to bring in a player who is probably a bit of a culture builder for them, a guy that fits the kind of style that it seems like the Magic want to play. Up-tempo, athletic, versatile, defensive-minded. So those key pieces all work out. And then, I mean, Shelvin Mack bringing in another backup point guard, that one was the first move, feels the most out-of-place looking back at the whole summer. But, but, that contract doesn't kill you either because it's a two-year deal with the second year non-guaranteed. So, if it's a mistake, it's not a costly one. Weltman had little maneuverability this summer and he completely remade the bench. That was the goal. The magic, pretty much off that second unit, are only going to have Bismack Biombo back. Maybe DJ Augustin. But you add Simmons, you add Jonathan Isaac, a promising rookie, you add Aflalo, that seems like a better back backup unit 
than what the Magic had last year. And last year, the Magic had one of the worst benches in the league. And so if part of the goal for the Magic this summer was to restore some confidence, at least on paper right now entering the season, I would say the Magic got some confidence back in their management. Or Magic fans should feel some confidence in their management. They showed patience. They didn't panic. They didn't try and force their way into the playoffs again. Again, maybe it's because they have some leeway. Rob Hennigan was jamming for his job last summer, and he took a lot of big cuts and wild swings to get there. But Jeff Waldman, obviously, he's got a little bit of time. So he took that time. For the Magic to be successful this year and achieve their goals, which again is to make the playoffs. This this team is trying to make the playoffs. Now, they're not selling out for it. They're not betting the farm on it like they were last year. But this team still wants to compete and win games. They're not tanking as of now. They're young players, the guys they need to play. They're getting the minutes. It's put up or shut up time for a lot of players on this team. Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon are up for extensions. Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic have to prove their worth and that they can be more than just kind of empty stat players. That's harsh to say, but I think that's how a lot of people view them around the league. And so the magic, I think, showed, or their management showed at least, that they can make the tough decisions that need to be made or that they can make the right decisions. They're not going to rush into bad decisions. That, of course, is going to get tested even more next summer when Peyton and Gordon become free agents, and they still don't have cap room to get better. The Magic need internal improvement to succeed, and and having the same coach consecutive years, we take it for granted, but that's going to help. And maybe, just maybe, that means they can get some more value for Vucevic, for Fournier, and try and find a way to make the team better. This summer wasn't a summer to make the big move. This summer wasn't the summer to kind of assert your style. I think Waltman was was shrewd and smart being more valuative. Kind of giving every player on this roster the chance to prove themselves. To him, to the fans, to the organization, that they belong part of this team's future. Vegas over-unders at 32. And I, I do think that that feels like it's right on the number for the Magic. If this team gets back to third, the 35-win level they were at two years ago, I think you're moving in the right direction. I don't think the Magic have to make the playoffs to consider this season a, a complete success. It would be nice. And I think the East is going to afford them an opportunity to to play meaningful games late in the season with the way everything is set up. But what I saw this summer from Jeff Weltman, the way he built this roster, the way he collected contracts, the way he waited for the right opportunity to strike, I think bodes well for the Magic. And regardless of how it works out on the floor, I think he took appropriate risks. I think that he made the right decisions for this team. Maybe they could have gone a little younger with with some of their this with with their third point guard especially. Maybe they could have focused more on youth. But again, 
This team's trying to win. They're not sitting by here. They're not playing the lottery. And so I think this summer was a good step in restoring some confidence in the organization. Then again, in some of those early summers, we said the same thing about Rob Hennigan. So only time will tell whether this rebuild, whether the next move that com- whether the move that comes next will be one that makes Jeff Weltman or eventually buries him and gets rid of this trust that this little bit of trust that he's built this summer. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Uh, for all of those who have asked me personally, uh, and really for anyone who, who has um, offered any type of uh, 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 you know any type of thoughts or prayers or or mention of of the recovery here in Florida as well as as anywhere else. I want to thank you very much for for your thoughts about about the state and about really the whole Southeast uh, during Hurricane Irma. Um, you know, where the cleanup at least here is just is just beginning. But you know, the sun came out today. It, it was a beautiful day out. You know, it, it, everything feels a little bit normal, and slowly but surely, it will all feel normal again. If you're looking to donate, or you're looking to to bring to give some type of financial uh, 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 gesture to 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 the recovery effort here, uh, the American Red Cross is a great place to go um, to to give to give a little bit of of you know give a little bit what you can uh, to help us out in our recovery. Orlando. Uh, to, while there are certainly areas of Orlando that have been hard hit, uh, and uh, many people within the Central Florida area are still without power, um, Orlando I think was very very lucky. Um, could have been a lot worse for us. Unfortunately, for areas in Southwest Florida as well as along the coast, both the east and west coast of Florida, they were not so lucky. So there's definitely a, a lot of cleanup that has to be done statewide, and so we appreciate. I know I, I can speak for myself, and I'm sure I can speak for the state as well as the, the Central Florida area. Uh, we would we can we appreciate all your thoughts and prayers, and we appreciate any anything you can give to help us recover here from Hurricane Irma. Um, like I said, it, things are getting back to normal here in Orlando. Felt like a normal, regular day in Orlando. Just a lot of leaves on the ground, a lot of branches everywhere, but cleanup is well well underway uh, here in the city beautiful and and of course by the time the season starts hopefully everything will be back to normal in Orlando once again once again so uh, thank you again for all your thoughts and prayers and thank you again for anything that you can give to help us with our recovery from Hurricane Irma here in the state of Florida not just in central Florida and the Orlando area you can follow me on t- twitter at philiprr underscore omd and of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find it on Twitter at omagicdaily, as well as like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. We're doing our player outlook series. We're continuing to churn them out. We'll be trying to play catch up here on the podcast with them. Uh, but you can find them all up on orlandomagicdaily.com. And I kind of posted this right before the storm, but the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open. So feel free to send us your questions on the Orlando Ma- on the Orlando Magic just before the season starts. You can send them to me on Twitter at omagicdaily, as well as on our Facebook page at Orlando Magic Daily. And you can always email the show, 
or Orlando Magic Daily. You can email the site and the show at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For those of you still without power, hopefully you, you will get back power soon. Uh, if this this 30-minute show helped help distract you for a little bit, that's what I'm here to do. If not, we'll try again, to, we'll try again tomorrow. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to today's show for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.